everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where we talk about all of it, all that, and then some, right? I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy and Mom's Side of the Story, and I've been at the bedside for literally thousands of births as a labor and delivery nurse in a couple big city hospitals. I'm also the mother of grown kids, a maternal health advocate, a feminist, and I'm absolutely dedicated to helping women achieve gender equality. Now, all this has given me quite the perspective on having and raising kids in the 21st century. It's a hard job for parents all over the world, this kid raising thing we're doing. I wonder if it's harder now than ever because of all the technology and the bad politics and the climate crisis and, and, you know, all of the crises that we're going through right now. But then I think about, you know, 200 years ago and how hard parenting must have been without things like, you know, antibiotics and refrigeration and easy snacks. And when having wolves at your door was a real literal thing, it's always been a hard job, but we have each other. And the more we tell our stories and truths, the easier the job is, right? We're sharing information. And that's what we're doing here on this podcast. Let's see, folks, this is a very big week for me. My son is getting married in a very small, very simple, close to home wedding to a young woman that I just love dearly. Even though the wedding is small and intimate, it still involves a huge amount of organization and food and stamina. So I'll be keeping my ramble short this week because I'm focused here at home, right where I should be. All my kids are coming to town and bringing their partners and little ones and puppies and a few family friends are coming from out of town along with, you know, other family members. Again, we're keeping it simple and centered on the stuff we all love the most food and music and family and fun and conversation and pie and dancing and flowers and more food. That's what we like. That's going to be the wedding. So on that note, like I said, I'm going to keep things short this week. We'll talk more next week. Um, so let's, let's just take a quick break and then come on back and get right to this week's guest. Okay, we're back. We are going to talk to a woman who is combining her life and health coaching expertise with her training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to develop a program that helps couples improve their chances for a healthy pregnancy and baby. Sarah Clark is the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook and Fertility Preparation Program. She is super proud of her signature fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing and supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. So that's who we get to talk to today. Let's get Sarah on the line. Hey, Sarah, it's Jeannie. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Jeannie? Excited to be on. Oh, good, good. Glad to have you here. So, um, Sarah, we always kind of start out with where in the map are you? I am actually uh, just outside of Toronto. Oh, okay. All right. So that's interesting. I've had a couple of people from Toronto on the podcast 
And it's a place that I've never been, been and I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah, it's, um, I've lived near here my whole life. And uh, yeah, we uh, pronounce it Toronto. So Toronto. The, the, T, the T is silent. <laughs> it's funny because we hear anyone, hear anyone from, from outside the area or outside of Canada, they're like, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody pronounces my state Oregon and it's Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Oregon. <laughs> like Ori's gone, but no, it's Oregon. Yeah, yeah. We have a river that runs through our city called the Willamette. But, you know, if you're not local, you're going to go ahead and pronounce it Williamette. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. That's right. Yeah. Well, Sarah, before I got you on the line, I read a little bit of your bio and talked a little bit about, you know, what you do professionally. But the first hard question is always, who are you and what do you do? Well, I am a fertility coach and I help couples that are uh, uh, struggling with infertility, help them have babies. Yeah. And what else? And um, well, uh, as far as personally or professionally? Yeah. yeah. Personally? Well, I've got um, two kids and I um, live outside of Toronto. I work from home with my own business. So, uh, yeah, that's you got that's about it. Boys, girls, some I have, of each? I have a daughter who's uh, 17 and my son is 14. Ooh, you've got teenagers. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Fun time. I'm, I'm just uh, rounding out my teenage years. I've got a daughter who's 19, um, but then I have several other kids that are old, older and adults. And uh, yeah, live to tell the tale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How you doing? How you doing well, there? Yeah. Well, my, 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 my daughter's off to uh, the University of Victoria, so she's going all the way across the country. Um, leaving in September. So yeah. And then oh. my, and my, and my son, we've decided we're going to homeschool him next year. So okay. it's going to be fun. Yeah. Be fun. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of heartbreak coming your way, isn't there? Oh yeah. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, not a fun thing to do that taking him off to college. It's weird though, you know, because it's like this huge sense of accomplishment for both for parents and for kids. And yet, Dang, just when we get them good, we have to let them go? Yeah. 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 Well, I'll be thinking about you in September. Yeah. Yeah. I always raise, I raised her to, to, you know, spread her wings and do her thing. So, cause everyone's asking me, how are you going to feel? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just focusing on what she wants to do and what's mm-hmm. going to make her happy. And mm-hmm. obviously I'm going to miss her, but it's, you know, a short plane ride out there and I love the West coast. So, and, you know, we've always kind of talked about a, a love of travel um, for, for us and for her. So um, she seems to have got that bug and wants to just go and ex- explore and do her thing. So I am not holding her back. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm curious about your homeschooling decision too. And more and more, I think that it's just such a brilliant idea that parents are doing. You know, I just, I love that parents are looking at other options and looking at their kids and saying, you know what, I think this is the best fit. And then if it works out, you know, because your professional life can accommodate that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cause each, each child is different. And I really, for, for our daughter, she went to um, public school, I guess that the high school system and it just didn't work for her. So we put her in private school and she did really well. 
And then, uh, so I thought, okay, for our son, we'll offer him the same opportunity. Well, he went in there and just, not that he didn't do fine socially, just academically. He just took a nosedive and really did nothing. Like took the money and threw it away. Yeah. He, he did no work and he's quite intelligent. So it's just one of those things. So we thought, okay, why don't we see how it'd be if we um, did this at home? And, and he's, I'm like, do you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. So he was totally on board and I call it homeschooling, but it's really more, um, he'll be doing online learning. We've yeah. got a tutor and, you know, it's, it's 2019. So we're, so we're lucky with that, but, yeah. um, and then have them in extracurricular activities, but each kid is different. And where, while she like took that opportunity with the private school and thrived, he, um, I don't know if he's just, just, just not ready for that. So he can maybe do it later, but we're going to see how this works. <laughs> smart, 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 smart. I think it's great. I encourage more parents to just, you know, educate outside the box. That's yeah, right. Yeah. M most of our kids just did great in the traditional school system, but not always and not every one of them. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. great that there's so many options. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get, let's get around to talking about your professional life and what you're doing here on this podcast. And I'd love to know more about what you do with fertility coaching and how you got into this line of work. Where do we start that story? Yeah. So for me, uh, it started with my own personal journey with infertility. And so I always joked, I was having menopausal hot flashes in my early twenties and turns out that I was. So at, at that time I had, um, I had a regular periods and they came regular or times a year, irregular, ir sorry, ir irregular. Uh -huh. So they came a couple times a year. And then I had, um, I had great skin in my teenage years. And then in my early twenties, my, my, all of a sudden I started getting acne on my face. Mm. And then I had this weird fungal rash on my chest and then I had yeast infections. So I had no idea that any of this was connected to my infertility until years later. But, um, so I had this life plan of getting married at 25, having my kids at 28. So I went ahead and got married at 25. And then at 28, um, because at the beginning when I had that, the, the skin issues and the irregular periods, the first line of defense is let's give her the, the, the birth control mm -hmm. pill. So I was on the birth control pill for a um, number of years and then went off because I wanted to have my kids. And we came off. Um, my, my periods were still irregular. The skin was still not good. Um, and and then I went to my OBGYN and I was, I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40 and basically told my only way I'd ever have kids is, is, is by using donor eggs. Mm. So I remember when she told me that I was in complete shock because at 28, you don't expect that you're going to be in menopause or premature ovarian failure, or, or now they call it premature ovarian uh, uh, insufficiency. And don't you love um, those terms insufficiency and failure? insufficiency exactly yeah. and so she gave me the ivf brochure and said you know your your only option here is is donor eggs and off i went and i didn't i didn't didn't take time to connect any of those symptoms that i was talking about there and really or grieve and just really went, went right into action and i went to the fertility clinic on a list for a donor egg and we were lucky enough to have our daughter, as I say, she's almost 18, um, on the first transfer. And this was back in the day when you said donor eggs and people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. What's a donor egg? And now we've got embryo adoption and um, embryo donation because of all the all the um, IVF procedures going on with with you know embryos that are that are that are 
getting donated or adopted. Um, and so it was just a different world and there was really not a lot of support. And I was, we, you know, we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer that it worked. And then we had two embryos left over, wanted to have our kids close together, uh, went back in after a year after my daughter was born. And then um, was super stressed out about that, wanted it, you know, I was trying to control the situation. My husband's like, Sarah, like, calm down here. Let's, let's take a breather. I'm like, no, I wanted to go back in. And then those embryos didn't work. So we went on a separate list for a separate donor. And then on the first fresh transfer, we had our son, Will. So that's, so, the, so they're three years apart. And um, yeah, so it was quite a journey of, uh, I naively went into the whole thing. And, you know, luckily enough for us, it, it worked. I speak to, you know, lots and lots of women that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for me, my, my health began to suffer. So after I had my daughter, I had nine colds, every cold went into a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Not a great idea. Um, especially I, not if you're, if you're, uh, susceptible to yeast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so <clears throat> had, um, so every cold went to a science infection. I started getting bladder infections. So chronic bladder infections was peeing blood. I had, uh, the yeast again, the, the yeast infections were chronic at that point. I had vertigo, toenail infections, dandruff, the skin was worse. Um, and I, and I say all this and I was still doing my thing. I was still working and, and just, just my, my immune system was just, it was poor. It was low. Mm-hmm. So I just caught everything that, you know, that, that, that was going around. And then, um, at that point I was, I was years in HR and I, um, so I wanted to take a life coaching course to bring it into the HR environment. And during the coaching course, I had my own personal wake up call and decided I really loved health and wellness. And then I took a health coaching course. And then that's why I discovered I had these food sensitivities in the health coaching course. So for me, when I took out dairy, gluten, and corn out of my diet, all of a sudden the sinusitis, the, um, the yeast infections, the bladder infections being, uh, began to, uh, resolve. Hmm. And then, um, a few years after that, then I discovered I had a gut infection. So I had some uh, bacterial overgrowth, like streptococcus, and I had, um, some fungal overgrowth and H pylori. So a few, um, gut infections going on. And then also as I changed the diet, I had to look at lifestyle too. So it's sort of this, you know, go, go, go kind of person and really looking at lifestyle to learn how to slow down and set boundaries. And, but for me, I didn't discover this until I was 40. So at that point I was fully in menopause, the, the periods were completely gone. Um, but I say, for anyone listening, if they're, if you're, if you're still cycling naturally, there's things we can do using the tools of functional medicine. So looking at, you know, looking at the root cause and figuring out why is this happening? And, you know, to begin with, and I'll never know for sure uh, for me, because I was fully in menopause, but I know if I had have made some of these changes way back in my twenties, they would have made a, you know, would have been different outcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's back up a little bit for, you know, some of my, many of my listeners are already, they're pregnant and um, you know, this may, they may be surprised by some of the statistics. And I wonder if you know, you know, just how many couples are facing fertility challenges. Yeah. So it's uh, one in six in Canada, one in eight in the U S I think in the UK, it's one in five. So it's like the stats are pretty pretty staggering. Yeah. Yeah, That's a lot of people, Mm -hmm. people, you know, people, you know, listeners are facing this Mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, we, you know, we talk a lot about 
nutrition and exercise and mindfulness and meditation and living a life you can tolerate and thrive in. We talk about all of those kinds of things in, in our day-to-day life, but it usually takes some sort of a wake-up call or crisis or you know something before we actually walk the walk. And it sounds like you didn't actually have the crises as much as you just had this great opportunity where you recognized things. Is that true? I mean, you were doing a, a coaching training and you you realized what was going on? Yeah, for me, it was my health. So like I was peeing blood. I had chronic sinus infections. I was taking antibiotics. I became allergic to all the antibiotics. Nothing was working. So I was backed up against the wall and I just happened to discover, oh, you know, the food side of things yeah. and looking yeah. that I had a food sensitivity. So non, you know, non celiac gluten sensitivity. So for me, gluten causes, you know, huge problems in my body. And a lot of times we think it's just digestion, but it can be mood, Everything. yeah, mood, digestion, joint, skin, yeah. autoimmunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's to, to dig further. And, yeah. and I think, you know, if, if you're struggling with infertility, I think, as you say, your, your, your listeners are, are, um, are pregnant, but, but if, you know, everyone, if the, with, you know, those kind of stats, people probably know someone that's struggling, but yeah. they looking at the, looking at the diet is typically the last place that people will look. So, excuse me. So your physicians, they didn't connect the dots for you at all? Oh no. And physicians to this, no. to this day don't connect the dots. So unless someone's no. got a, a training in functional medicine, which um, I don't think I know any REs that have training in functional medicine, which is looking for the root cause. So it's, it's, uh, progressive doctors that are moving to this, this mode of, of, um, instead of prescribing and, and, a, you know, basically in conventional medicine where you, you diagnose and identify what it is. So name it and then give it a pill and functional medicine is like, okay, well, why, why is it there in the first place? Why is a yeah. woman of 28 going into premature ovarian fail, uh, uh, failure? Like what else right. is going on in her body? And it doesn't just happen. People get stuck on the infertility diagnosis and it doesn't just mm -hmm. happen in a bubble. Like there's other stuff. Like I had food sensitivities. I had gut infections. Um, I remember looking Yeah, we, we treat healthcare in bubbles. You know, yeah. you go see your gynecologist, your OBGYN, and they take care of your reproductive organ bubble. And you then you go to the ear, nose and throat doctor and they take care of your sinus infection bubble they don't connect each other, you know, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It's just an out, out, outdated way of looking at it. And really when you look at the whole body, there's, there's other things going on, be it the food sensitivity, be it a gut infection, be it if you've been on long-term hormonal birth control, like a lot of people have been on the pill and they come off and some people are able to get pregnant nat like naturally or right away. Other people are not, and it messes right. with their hormones. So yeah. it's, you know, I speak to a lot of women who I ask them why they went on the pill and, and they didn't go on it for prevention. They went on it because of acne, because of, you know, painful periods, heavy periods, irregular periods. So there's yeah. a medical reason why they went on it. And then it's a Band-Aid approach. And when they go off, that issue is still there and it can be even worse because right yeah. now when they're starting to older with now. Yeah, because yeah, now they're older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like your life is pretty radically different now than it was before you discovered your food and infertility connection. It sounds mm -hmm. like things are really different for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how was, do you go ahead? What? Sorry. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. If you had a question or. Um, 
No, that was more. That was more. Oh, just, huh, it, your life's different now. <laughs> it's really oh, different. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I thought, and everyone I talked to, and and myself as well, like I thought I was healthy. I'm like, yeah. I I thought I ate a good diet. Okay, it was I was eating the standard Western diet, but I came from a family where where my where my um my my mother was a uh, we, we were vegetarian growing up. And then when I left the house like 30 years ago, she, uh, both my parents went vegan when before it was hip and mm-hmm. my mother would run around with her string bags. And I was like completely embarrassed. And I'm like, what's, what are you eating? And she was talking about transcendental meditation. I'm like, oh, this is craziness. And so then I turned my back on that, that whole concept. And now it's come full, full circle. And it's kind of like, you know, my, both my parents are in their seventies and they're, they're quite healthy while the rest of their friends are dealing with hip replacements and all sorts of other, you know, poor, poor health. But um, yeah, I, so I sort of knew these, these things, but then I, then I, I turned my back on it and didn't realize the power of, of diet, like proper Mm -hmm. diet that's for you, like, and lifestyle things too, because you can have that perfect diet, like I said, but if you haven't got your, um, like there's, there's toxic stuff in your life, relationships, job, whatever it is, that still impacts your health as well. Right, right. So true. Isn't that funny? The stuff that our mothers had it together the whole time. <laughs> but then, you know, as teenagers or whatever, we had to do the rejection thing because that's, that's how right. we individuate as adults. And then eventually you come back around and you look at your mom and you go, damn it. You were right. Dang right. it. <laughs> It's funny because my daughter is doing the same thing now. So I'll be like, okay, you need to, because she's dairy and gluten-free because I didn't, you know, figure out my preconception house. Both my kids have food sensitivities and asthma and eczema and a few other things. And so trying to, you know, navigate that with having kids be dairy and gluten-free, it's a nightmare. Definitely in the, definitely in the teenage years. And, um, and so my daughter, my daughter will tell her friends to do all the things I'm saying to tell her. But when I have her say, Hey, why don't we do this? It's like, she's just complaining and, you know, she's unhappy about it. And, but she's she's 17, but but she is listening, but yeah, it's interesting. It's getting in there somehow. It's, it's getting in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So how, how do you integrate? your coaching and nutrition advice, you know, uh, into, so how does, how does this all work? If, if you've got, um, you know, clients who are going through traditional fertility medicine, what is your coaching like? How does it work? Yeah. So basically we start people off. So as part of my team, I have a, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So we will run functional testing. We start out by doing a food sensitivity test. We like the, the leap MRT test. And then it looks at 200 foods and 200 um, uh, chemicals, so 200 foods and chemicals. And then we also have, so with the food piece, we have people start an elimination diet. And so with the elimination diet, they would take out the top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, and eggs, take those up for 10 days, and then systematically reintroduce them. And so really, it's the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity, because you Mm -hmm. can get that food sensitivity test and see, oh my goodness, you know, maybe I'm intolerant to some of my favorite foods, which could indicate if you got potentially like a leaky gut going on or intestinal permeability. But um, with with a elimination diet, you're like, oh wait a minute, I take these top allergens out, then I can see exactly how it impacts me. And we've had people bring ba- bring back in corn, and their their asthma flares up. You bring back in dairy, 
you can feel kind of phlegmy, bring back in gluten, it's brain fog. So it's really different for everyone. So I recommend everyone doing an elimination diet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this Just to exactly see. How- Totally. Yeah. Um, then, we, then we do the Dutch, we do a Dutch test. So it looks at your hormones using urine, just really kind of figures out exactly uh, which pathways the hormones are going down. And then we do a um, stool test. We use the, uh, the GI map test. That's where we discover the majority of people we work with, there's some sort of parasite, bacterial infection, fungal infection, something going on in the gut. Because if your body is under attack, it doesn't want to conceive, it doesn't want to procreate, it wants to survive. So those, those, yeah, those are the main tests we do. And then we develop a customized um, diet for you based on the, on the food sensitivity testing elimination diet. And then uh, a protocol, if we find any kind of gut infections, then we're going to do a targeted protocol to, uh, to allow the body to heal there using um, uh, professional grade supplements. So it's very targeted. So you know why. Um, And then we, uh, then we'll look at the environmental toxins. A lot of times, I think people know some about this, about, well, not, not, not everyone knows it, but um, the importance of switching over your personal care. So switching to a more um, organic or natural um, personal care, because that can impact your, your endocrine system, um, like your, your lotions and your um, personal care and also cleaning products, moving to um, natural options there. And then your, your water, um, make sure it's purified, your, um, plastics to minimize or eliminate those from your, your environment. So those, those, those environmental toxins are huge and can impact your, your health. I think there's, especially with, um, you know, my, my kids are older now, so it's wasn't as prevalent, but now for young babies, it's looking, giving them organic food and making sure, you know, not a very kind of savvy, I think around that side of things, but then the preconception side of it, seems to be missed a little bit. So the importance about going organic and looking at all these things to, to work on your, your, your preconception health is equally as important as, as doing that for your baby when the baby's here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the, the, then the whole mental emotional side of things, because going through infertility, I see people that have struggled with infertility for years. They've been through, you know, multiple failed IVFs and IUIs, um, you know, years of trying to figure this whole thing out. And it's, it's very, oh, sorry, but it's very, um, uh, heartbreaking. So it, um, it, it's, you know, and it impacts every aspect of your life. So the mental emotional side of it and having a coach to help you implement these changes is, is key because it can be overwhelming when you're looking at doing all these things. Cause it is a, a lifestyle change when you say, yeah, ask me, am I different now? I'm like, I totally do things differently. And I would have thought that I was some sort of weirdo. I couldn't believe I'm even doing some of these things, but um, I just feel so much better. And that's why I started my podcast and getting, and wrote a book about this and just getting very vocal about it because I'm like, well, why doesn't everybody know about this stuff? Like, why are we, why are, why is the, you know, the fertility clinic and why is business booming over there? It's a multi-billion dollar business and, and it takes, Again, for, for, for an IVF, it's, it's um, average success rate is 30%. For an IUI, it's 10%. Donor eggs are 50%. And it takes, um, it takes an average of three cycles at a cost of $60,000 for, yeah. for a successful IVF. So, you know, why are we going over there and doing that first? To me, that should be a last step. You know, I spent decades writing um, health articles for magazines. And at the mm-hmm. end of every article you put down the 
kind of the common sense health advice, you know, make sure you eat a healthy diet, drink plenty of water, try meditation, you know, you, all of the things that we're talking about here, nutrition and exercise and mindfulness and, you know, a a healthy lifestyle, but it's always like the last thing you put in the article. It's the afterthought. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Put that down too, that people should be eating right and exercising and meditating. But what if all of the articles start, we flipped it instead of that being the last paragraph, first paragraph, if you've already tried all of these things, like just change your diet, get some exercise, you know, things like that we probably would be writing a lot fewer health articles. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some of these things are I guess simple but not easy. So it's, you know, it's it takes But they're not hard. Oh, None of yeah. them are hard, you know? I I don't think it is very hard. It isn't for most of us who have you know, grocery stores in the neighborhood and a spare hour, you know, per day. It's not that hard to accommodate a healthy diet and exercise. Do you think it is? Well, yeah, because I think in the beginning, making these changes. So if I, if we're going to, if you're going to be doing, like if you're going from the standard Western diet and I'm looking at someone who's, who's trying to conceive. So maybe I'm looking at it a little differently. Um, And then we're going to look at food sensitivities. I'm going to say to you, you know, you and your partner probably for a minimum of 60 to 90 days to go gluten and dairy free. Like that's going to take a little bit of effort. That's going to take you become a food detective. I'm yeah. going to say, you know, I we we highly recommend that you go 100% organic. That's going to take a little bit of effort for you to figure that out. Um, I'm going to say let's minimize, you know, all the anything with a box that's basically got more than five ingredients. Like Michael Palin says, if your great great grandmother says, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, to not eat it. Yeah. Because like a lot of the times we go through the grocery store and we're whip like I'm quick, like we're whipping that stuff in the cart and we're just, we're going and yeah. we, didn't, we don't even know what's in there. Red dye number, whatever, and yellow dye, like all this stuff we're eating, we don't know. So I think there's a little bit of education to start with. Um, but like it, I guess if you're having struggles trying to, to implement that sort of stuff, it is to take those small steps. And like a first step would be switching to organic and then, yeah. And then, okay, if you want to dabble in the the gluten-free thing, if you're going to do gluten-free, don't bother doing gluten light. It doesn't work. And there's still inflammation coming in the body. Do the elimination diet, take it out full stop. And then you'll, then you'll know how it feels. Um, But I think we are, we are all living, living like very busy, stressful lives. And everyone you talk to, everyone says they're busy, but it's sort of sometimes to be able to prioritize these things. We know it's good for us, but why haven't we, prioritized it. Like I, for years was talking to people about meditation and I was meditating, but I was not, not meditating consistently. Yeah. Not till I said, I'm like this enough's enough. I got to walk the talk on this thing. Um, where I said a couple of years ago, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate on a regular basis. And I still like, for, for me, I got the food dialed in, but the lifestyle thing for me will still, um, I still have to kind of, you know, rail myself back in a little bit where I'm like, okay, why am I feeling jangly or like out of, touch or not grounded. Oh, I only meditated two or three times this week instead of every day. Oh, right. that's why. Right. So I think it's different for everyone. And like, there's no judgment as to where someone is, but it's like, you, you know, you do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. And try something, you know, everybody mm-hmm. can do something. Yeah. I know that meditation piece is really remarkable. It, I've been meditating for gosh, a long, 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 long time. And um, it's easy to make it 
low priority because you got to get kids off to school and you got to do all of these things. And then, heck, what do you know? It's four o'clock in the afternoon already. And well, can't do it now. You know, it's always like that. But Mm -hmm. when you recognize how big the difference is between a day when you've meditated and a day when you haven't, it's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Mm -hmm. a day when you've had water and a day when you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, The same thing. I wasn't meditating and I was drinking one glass of water before. Like one glass of water. I was like, I was so excited. Yeah. I only went to pee once today. That's not a good thing. Right. Right. (laughs) That's not good. And I speak to women all the time that just spoke to someone yesterday. She's drinking two glasses of water a day and meditation. She's never, she never tried it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, I think it's very common. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that people need to know, which is Mm -hmm. why you have a fertility coaching practice which is brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you did you dial in to a specialty right away when you became a coach? Um, did you go no. from life coach was, to health and wellness to fertility? Yeah, so it was life coach and then I did the health coach so, so then I and then I was writing a when I started writing my book, I was writing a book about weight loss, which was strange because I'd never struggled with weight in my life, but I thought I was going to write a book on weight loss because I was in this book writing course, wanted to write a book. Then halfway through the course I'm like Sarah, your struggle is fertility. Like I had the kids with donor eggs and, but because I'm very optimistic and I looked at that and I just, I was kind of, I don't know. I had a very, because a lot of people come to me and this is an extremely devastating diagnosis and cannot even get their mind around the whole thing and can't even see a path forward. Can't reframe it. I was lucky that I had a, like a really good support system with, you know, with my husband and some close friends that way. But Um, and, and by, I have a positive outlook on things. And so I just framed it differently, but, um, yeah. So for me, I was, I was writing the book on weight loss and then it was, it was fertility. And then that's kind of how the whole thing happened that I focused on. It's usually focusing on what you've dealt with is typically the best thing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They say, write what you know. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else do listeners need to know about you and about your work? Um, well, they can find me on um, Get Pregnant Naturally as the podcast. Mm-hmm. So they can check that out on iTunes or um, Stitcher okay. and Google Play. So Get Pregnant Naturally. So I'll interview um, all the, it's basically uh, focusing on functional medicine and natural fertility solutions and mind-body therapies to help you get pregnant naturally. And, um, and then they can, um, I've got a, f- a free fertility diet challenge. So if you wanted to dip your toes into the uh, elimination diet, um, this is for, this is for three days and sort of getting, um, getting your feet wet with that. And that's the fertility diet freebie. So F R E E B I E.com. And they can, um, download that and check it out and eat some awesome food. It's not about, you know, drinking, green juice or smoothies and starving yourself. It's just eating awesome food that makes your body feel amazing. I like that. That's a great way to frame it. And rather than it being, you know, all the stuff that you cannot eat, just reframe it as look at all this good stuff you get to eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we are at the point where we're going to do our rapid fire roundup questions. And they're really hard questions. People tell me, (laughs) I like the (laughs) answers people give me when they, they're under pressure. (laughs) Okay. So Here's a hard one. Why is feminism relevant to you? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Okay. This is... Um... Yeah, no pressure. 
Yeah, I, I think as I think it's about just you know speaking your <laughs> speaking your truth and what feels right for you and and um, I think it's it's yeah is it as far as it being relevant I think it's I think it's just about women at this stage in 2019 saying you know I want my voice to be heard and this is what is the the, the shift it's been in the you know the the patriarchal society for so long and now moving to more of the the um the feminine energy or the masculine energy it's been stuck in and now it's moving to feminine energy and it'll eventually come back into balance but i think um focusing on things that women are innately good at as far as um intuition and um like more the emotional side of things Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean that's for women because men can you know be that way as well but um yeah Yeah, that's a really good answer. Okay. How would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. That functional medicine was the key to everything for health. Nobody ever told me that either. Had to figure Mm -hmm. that one out for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where are you in the world of motherhood? Well, um, yeah, as we were talking about there, my daughter is... um, leaving to go to university in about six weeks or so. And my son is going to be, uh, we're attempting to homeschool him. So as far as motherhood, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's changes every day. It really <laughs> does, doesn't it? One, one yeah. hand is letting go and the other one is pulling him a little closer. That's right. Yeah. You're in an interesting spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, it's been a really fun conversation and I think that it's going to inspire some of our listeners to really take a closer look at what, what they're eating and how they're living. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Happy to. And I bet you and I will talk again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said. That's it for this week, everybody. Our guest today was Sarah Clark, and you can learn more about her at fabfertile.com. You can find me over at jeanfalkner.com, where you can also pick up a copy of all my books, but especially Mom's Side of the Story. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Common Sense Pregnancy, and I'm on Twitter at jeanfalkner.com. You can also email me at jean at jeanfalkner.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-E, Faulkner, F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R.com. And please let me know what you think of Mom's Side of the Story. Also, send your questions. I'm ready for a new batch, and I'd love to answer yours on the podcast. Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Podcast and Politics is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Picture Studios. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye. Hey guys, we're Sarah and Matthew Bivens, hosts of the Doing It At Home podcast, a show dedicated to empowering stories and resources around home birth. Our mission is to normalize home birth and encourage mamas and families to be educated, supported, and empowered by their birth choices, whatever they are. You can find the podcast in Apple, Google, Stitcher, the Pod Network, and on our website, diahpodcast.com.